The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. What's up, friendos? It is in this league right here on Sports Grid, the daily edition with Bogman Welsh. And we've got one of our friendos on the episode today. We're actually giving you some content to throw around the music fantasy baseball podcast. If you want to listen to more of it, you can catch all of the conversation and even a little bit more of the inner working for the trade talk. Rob Silver, Bogman, we're going to be uh, playing some of our interview about the, some of the worst trades of our last 25 years. Some of the worst trades great for the teams that uh, got the good kind of them. So probably more than a lot of right? Yeah, it's something like that. That's exactly what it is. But uh, you guys can enjoy some of this, and like I said, it's a full conversation and a whole bunch more. You can go over to the in and out of these segments. Of course, come and check us out over on Patreon. You just go to amyc.com. It'll bring you on over to where Bob and I are. We got lots and lots of fun stuff over there to kind of keep it busy while things are going on. We even just dropped uh, some brand new ranks. We dropped a uh, brand new baseball ranks that were up this past week. So you guys can check those out. But let's go do it. We're going to talk to our boy Rob Silver right in the midst of uh, breaking down these horrible, horrible trades. Let's go. We put together, uh, Bogman and I were kind of working on this, and not that we have to go crazy because there's been oh, uh, maybe two to 4,000 articles in the last 10 years written about the worst trades, whether it's by team or the top 30 here, blah, blah, blah. We decided to hone it in and say and look at the 10 worst trades in the last 25 years. So essentially since 1995. Why is that important? It's much more in the wheelhouse of Bogdan and myself. Um, Rob, where? I mean, I don't know. You know, a lady never tells or anything like that. But what are you, like mid-40s, your age? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I turn. Uh, I turn 37 <laughs> in less than a month. It'll be the the least heralded birthday I've ever had. It'll be amazing. So my wife asked. She's like, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" And I'm like, "Well, we're not going to go anywhere." I'm like, "How about leave me alone for an hour? <laughs> That's all that you can give me." I'll turn 37. I want to go in the office, close the door, and no one bothers me. That's my. Birthday. I'm going to sit in the bathtub with it running for three hours. So leave me alone. 
that yeah the good time (laughs) so 95 plus is kind of like a wheelhouse you know 12 13 years old you you probably in your early 20s it's a wheelhouse of uh, baseball and being able to track the trades so i need to go and talk about the babe ruth trade and stuff like that so the the worst trades if you want to call it by year we're not going to necessarily rank them though i may ask you this at the end and any of the subsequent stories that followed them because some of them have them so And I know you have done some research on it, so this is going to be exciting. Let me present the first trade here. And this one comes back. We actually have two from 1997. And at first I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this because I think there were a lot of financials that were in tune with it. But when you go and look at the magnitude of what was traded for said player, this really is one of the grosser trades along the lines of what were the Oakland Athletics thinking First trade in the worst trades of the last 25 years. 1997, the Oakland Athletics traded Mark McGuire to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, people are obviously aware that that happened. Mark McGuire obviously went on and was successful with the Cardinals, did some big stuff. But I think everyone might forget what was traded for. The Oakland Oakland Athletics, in their trade of Mark McGuire, acquired three relief pitchers. Here are their names. Eric Ludwig, TJ Matthews, and Blake Stein. That is an embarrassing return for a Hall of Fame, steroid or not, Mark McGuire. There's no doubt it has to be on the top 10 worst trades in the last 10 years, Rob, or 25 years. Um, so a, a couple of points. First off, McGuire was a free agent. So St. Louis, while McGuire obviously re-signed with St. Louis uh, and and went on to some pretty big things, um, Oakland wasn't re-signing Mark McGuire. Oakland was already into small small market. Um, uh, we can't keep our stars uh, mode. So it was a true rental. That doesn't make it a good trade, but it does put a little bit of context. More perspective. The other, yeah. Um, and now it was it was. Yeah. So from an Oakland perspective, that's an important point. The funny little fact that I uh, saw was Oakland was apparently demanding uh, Manny Ibar. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Manny uh, Ibar. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And and St. Louis was absolutely refusing to include Manny Ibar in the trade. (laughs) Uh, It's like no deal. And so they they, like I read a retrospective. I don't remember this, obviously, uh, but I read a retrospective. So this was like July 27th. The holdup and the deal had fallen apart uh, because. there was no way Manny Ivar could possibly uh, be included in Oakland said, then you're not getting Mark McGuire. So St. Louis had moved on and they were going after either uh, Travis Fryman or Joe Carter uh, instead of um, Mark McGuire. Which, and sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, I, I thought, I thought the, uh, the A's were going to trade for one of those guys. I was going to say, well, those are better deals than uh, these three relief pitchers, but Obviously, it's the other way around. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then uh, eventually, they uh, Oakland accepted Eric Ludwig instead of Manny. Which Ivar. is crazy. The rest is, uh, the rest is history. But yeah, a lot. Of, there's there's going to be a common theme with a bunch of these trades, which is the way teams uh, value relief pitchers. Whether you're getting the experienced relief pitcher or you're giving away kid relief pitchers, it's like what a weird. It's like for all the brilliance of Billy Bean and the great reputation of Billy Bean, Billy Bean has done some really stupid things. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> here. We did, like the Josh Donaldson for Brett Lowry uh, trade didn't make the uh, your list, but that could easily be on the list as that well. Was we, another... Just off the list. That's, yeah. Yeah. We actually have it at the bottom of the sheet as honorable mentions. Yeah, well, we, yeah. We, we did, yeah. I put together 12, and uh, we can tell we actually, that's what would have been a better way to start it. The two that didn't make the cut, because I let Bob, I picked like the strong eight that I felt we needed to go. And I said, Bugs, you pick the others because I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm skewing myself. One of those was the Josh Donaldson one, which if you go back and look, it's like, whew. Donaldson was so weird too because he was a catching prospect with the Phillies who then moved to the A's. And I believe he, he did the catcher thing for a little bit and then made the transition. But the uh, the Blue Jays acquired Josh Donaldson for that the these four players, Brett Lowry, Franklin Barreto, Kendall Graveman, and Sean Nolan. Like that trade, even though there's still legs for the A's with Franklin Barreto, it is wild how much they didn't get out of that trade for Josh Donaldson. To, to be honest, the Barreto part is the only reason. That's the reason I didn't put it in here because it's still like I don't think Barreto is going to pay off and Donaldson is going to be way better and all that stuff, but uh, that could still pay off. The uh, so. do, you th- do you think Barreto makes uh, Oakland's opening day roster this year yeah. if there was a season? Because he was out of options. So they yeah, need, yeah. They, they needed to make a call. Uh, I certainly don't think – like it sure sounded like Tony Kemp was the starting second baseman. Anyways, who knows? Now, now with the – well, if they go to like twenty man, uh, twenty nine man rosters, yeah. it yeah. looked like Kemp and and uh, Jorge Mateo would kind of be a split. But to that point, Barreto was having, if I remember, well, maybe he wasn't having a good spring. But he's out of the option, so they were going to either have to straight out get rid of him, or now they have the extra option to keep him on the roster because they could drop Sheldon Noisy down um, because he still had options. So I think that's what they would do. That was that one was odd. The other one that didn't make it, by the way, which I still think is actually a really big one, was people forget that. Ramis Ramirez was originally a Pittsburgh Pirate, and this was in the early 2000s. The Cubs acquired Ramis Ramirez and Kenny Lofton, who was a veteran at that time, and the Cubs or the Pirates acquired Bobby Hill and Jose Hernandez. And obviously, Ramis Ramirez <laughs> went on to do huge things with the Cubs for many years, but those two did not make the list. Well, Bobby Hill starred in an animated TV show for like 15 years. Damn it, so Bobby. Damn it, good. Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. By the way, uh, in an article I was reading on this uh, Mark McGuire trade, what I'm always fascinated with, because as you were kind of talking about, Rob, how much the relief pitching market always gets overvalued. And to this day, it's still always that. It's still always overvalued. But how much teams cannot press for even rentals? You know, I mean, Goldschmidt was kind of a, a marker for that. And we've seen it with Mookie Betts. Those, those were full season ones where Mark McGuire, because this goes through how like they were under 500 on like, I think July 25th. And then as of July 29th, they became a 50 50 team. And just uh, a day or two before that, Mark McGuire said publicly to reporters that he would consider going to the Cardinals, that the uh, A's had initially inquired about Matt Morris or Alan Bennis from the Cardinals. That was who they wanted. And the Cardinals said no. Then they went for the top pitching prospect. Like you got, you said Manny Abar. No, it's just amazing how much Reynolds still don't bring in. Like it's still unfathomable to me. Uh, Mark, Mark Teixeira was the last really big, like pillaging for a rental. Uh, And I think people got, scared for that and they've come to realize the value of prospects yeah i think that's a good point boggs you want to do this other one from 1997 you can do the next one uh yeah that was pedro to the red sox uh the red sox got pedro the expos got carl pavano tony aramis jr and then a side note 
Um, uh, he, which one was traded here? Well, uh, uh, I was Delano well, DeShields. Yeah, we're gonna save that for after. But the side note to My this bad. trade was that uh, Pedro Martinez. Before all of this, I just thought this was interesting. He was originally a Dodger, and there's going to be a trend here you hear with some of the players that Los Angeles Dodgers have moved that um, the Dodgers traded Pedro Martinez initially to the Expos for Delino DeShields. And then the actual trade here from 1997 was uh, the Red Sox acquiring Pedro Martinez and the Expos got Carl Pavano and Tony Aramis Jr. in what I think a lot of people feel is one of uh, the most – not that the trade felt so weird because people forget how well perceived Carl Pavano was for many years, but more that like the impact of moving Pedro Martinez and what he did, this one reverberates over baseball for many, many years, Rob. And uh, I, I obviously I was an Expos fan growing up. Uh, 1994, I was 18 years old, so that was my last year living in Montreal. Uh, they broke my heart. I was at almost every home game uh, that year. Uh, it was Dan Duquette who traded. He was the Expos general manager who traded for uh, Pedro to the Expos, and then he was Boston's general manager who got Pedro uh, from from the <laughs> Expos. Warm. So Twice. he traded. Both trades, Dan Duquette was on the good side of the trade. What I'd say about the first, the Delino uh, trade going into 94, um, it two things. One, Delino DeShields was a really good athletic second baseman. So it, it was, uh, it's not like the Dodgers got nothing for Pedro. Yeah. And two, there were a lot of serious talent evaluators who didn't think Pedro was ever going to be a starting pitcher, that he uh, was too small, he was too slight, wasn't going to have the stamina and he was wild as heck that they, that he just, he was going to be a hard throwing reliever and that was all he was ever going to be. Now that obviously proved very quickly because by 94, he was already great. So, uh, but he was working out of the bullpen for the Dodgers in 93 and Felipe Alou, the Expos manager looked at him and said, you're one of my five best starting pitchers quite clearly right now. And they groomed him into being uh, Pedro uh, who he became. Um, the funny thing about the 97 trade that I discovered is Boston almost traded Pavano for Rob Nen from Miami. Yes. And that was going to be their big starting pitcher acquisition. And if they trade Pavano, I don't think they have the horse in their farm system when Pedro gets put onto the market. So Pedro was going to be a free agent in at the end of 97. So the Expos again, like Pedro with Boston signed what was then a ludicrous free agent contract, uh, bigger than what Maddox had signed for. Like he got paid as he should have. He was the best pitcher in baseball. Um, but the Expos couldn't afford that. So they traded him a year before free agency. Um, but if Pavano goes to Miami, there's no way that Pedro gets traded to Boston. He goes somewhere else. And who knows if Boston ever wins that World Series? Like, who who knows how history is different? So well, it and, was a very... And I was just saying, and Pedro, with the Boston Red Sox, he played seven, season, seven seasons, won a World Series. He posted a 2.52 ERA as a Red Sox and had a 117 to 37 win loss record while he was with them. And interesting in this article, they also say, meanwhile, Carl Pavano had a 24 and 35 record and a 4.83 ERA in five seasons with the Expos, which were injury plagued. So uh, there's no, no, there's no doubt. I to this day uh, think that. Um, 
Pedro's 99 and 2000 were two of the best uh, starting pitching seasons in the history of baseball. Uh, MLB doc, MLB stats was doing a, like a, a bracket. Cause that's what everybody's doing apparently since there's nothing else going <laughs> on. I, and it was, it was, it was Pedro 2000 against uh, Bob Gibson, uh, 1968. And when you look at the stats head to head, they're really close. In fact, like that was the year Bob Gibson had a one, one, two ERA, but if you know, anything everybody about was on steroids in, uh, for in Pedro in, in 1999, the average starting pitcher ERA was four, eight, two in 2000, <laughs> it was four, eight, seven. Uh, like, so Pedro with a one, seven, four ERA compared to compared to league average, is just insane by comparison. And Carl Pavano is one of the best, you know, quote unquote, bad pieces in one of these deals. I mean, he wound up playing, you know, 14 seasons, had uh, 1,788 innings. So didn't you know, he date it's not Melissa lit- Milano also? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm uh, right. Yeah, about that. yeah. Well, I remember I seeing that. her in empty ass uh, pro player stadium in a tube top eating nachos, watching somebody pitch. So Alyssa that was Milano probably Alyssa Milano dating base. I'm typing this in dating baseball. I mean, uh, you're going to get a uh, long list. It's going to be more players that yep. are on our sheet here. Ooh. Uh, okay. So she's been, uh, <laughs> the, this is hilarious baseball reference. This is the line they give her. <laughs> baseball quick, guys. Reference Check this out. <laughs> An American television actress, Alyssa Milano, apparently is attracted to baseball players. <laughs> That's like the line uh, that they have. Uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are four baseball players that have been rumored. Uh, I think three were confirmed. One is rumored. Um, there are three pitchers and one catcher. Carl Pavano, I'm 100 percent right. I could no, I'm no. Not gonna make. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a film on the hub. There's a <laughs> category for that on the hub. Um, one is Carl Pavano. I was dead right on that. Couldn't be more right. Look at me, so smart. There are two other pitchers and the catcher. Can you guys possibly name them? I'm going to give you the teams. One of the pitchers played for the Oakland A's. Was very popular with the A's. The other pitcher was very popular with the Marlins, and the catcher was very popular with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Was Paula Duca one of them? No. I knew you were going to say Paula Duca. That is not one of them. Uh, Mike Piazza. No. That's a Met. Rich though. Harden. Uh, no, but you're getting closer with the uh, the A's pitcher. Oh. Dan, Dan Heron. No, that would be fantastic. Who's a pitcher that... Mulder. Who's a pitcher that thanks God for all his talent? Uh, all of them. Barry Zito. Barry Zito. That is one. Barry Zito dated Melissa Milano. By the way, this is this is I I don't I'm not enjoying Alyssa this. Alyssa Milano. You're by not the way, enjoying Melissa this. Alyssa Milano is yeah. <laughs> this game. This is this this is this is a, this a, guess guess who Alyssa Milano is. Dated. This is the best game. Uh, the other two, I'll just give you since you guys will never guess them. I, I'm amazed that this guy pulled Alyssa Milano. Brad Penny uh, pulled Alyssa oh, Milano. Yeah. And Russell Martin was the catcher. So, oh, Russell Martin, a good Canadian from Montreal. See, there you go. So, so everything turns out. Good, You're more good invested. For Russ, good for Russell Martin. Stick around. More in this league coming up right after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door. After that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Space out? I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Let me tell you something about In This League. What's up, friendos? It is In This League right here on Sports Grid, the daily edition with Bogman Welsh. And we've got one of our friendos on the episode today we're actually giving you some content that's over on the in this league fantasy baseball podcast if you want to listen to more of it you can catch all of the conversation maybe even a little bit more of the inner workings of the trade talk rob silver bogman we're going to be uh, playing some of our interview about the some of the worst trades over the last 25 years some of the worst trades but some of the best trades for the teams that uh got the good side of them, so probably more the most lopsided trades in history, right? Yeah, it's something like that. That's exactly what it is. But uh, you guys can enjoy some of this, and like I said, if you want the full conversation and a whole bunch more, you can go over to the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast as we kind of introduce you in and out of these segments. Of course, come and check us out over on Patreon. You can just go to InThisLeague.com. It'll bring you on over to where Bogman and I are, and we got lots and lots of fun stuff over there to kind of keep you busy while things are going on. We even just dropped uh, some brand new ranks. We dropped a our brand new baseball ranks that were up this past week, so you guys can check those out. But let's go do it. We're going to talk to our boy Rob Silver right in the midst of uh, breaking down these horrible, horrible trades. Let's go. We put together, uh, Bogman and I were kind of working on this, and not that we have to go crazy because there's been oh, uh, maybe two to 4,000 articles in the last 10 years written about the worst trades, whether it's by team or the top 30 here, blah, blah, blah. We decided to hone it in and say and look at the 10 worst trades in the last 25 years. So essentially since 1995. Why is that important? It's much more in the wheelhouse of Bogdan and myself. Um, Rob, where? I mean, I don't know. You know, a lady never tells or anything like that. But what are you, like mid-40s, your age? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I turn, uh, I turn <laughs> 37 in less than a month. It'll be the, the least heralded birthday I've ever had. It'll be amazing. So my wife asked, she's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm like, well, we're not going to go anywhere. I'm like, how about leave me alone for an hour? <laughs> That's all that you can give me. I'll turn 37. I want to go in the office, close the door, and no one bothers me. That's my birthday. I'm going to sit in the bathtub with it running for three hours, so leave me alone. 
that yeah the good time (laughs) so 95 plus is kind of like a wheelhouse you know 12 13 years old you you probably in your early 20s it's a wheelhouse of uh baseball and being able to track the trades so i need to go and talk about the babe ruth trade and stuff like that so the the worst trades if you want to call it by year we're not going to necessarily rank them though i may ask you this at the end and any of the subsequent stories that followed them because some of them have them so And I know you have done some research on it, so this is going to be exciting. Let me present the first trade here. And this one comes back. We actually have two from 1997. And at first I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this because I think there were a lot of financials that were in tune with it. But when you go and look at the magnitude of what was traded for said player, this really is one of the grosser trades along the lines of what were the Oakland Athletics thinking First trade in the worst trades of the last 25 years. 1997, the Oakland Athletics traded Mark McGuire to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, people are obviously aware that that happened. Mark McGuire obviously went on and was successful with the Cardinals, did some big stuff. But I think everyone might forget what was traded for. The Oakland Oakland Athletics, in their trade of Mark McGuire, acquired three relief pitchers. Here are their names. Eric Ludwig, TJ Matthews, and Blake Stein. That is an embarrassing return for a Hall of Fame, steroid or not, Mark McGuire. There's no doubt it has to be on the top 10 worst trades in the last 10 years, Rob, or 25 years. Um, so a, a couple of points. First off, McGuire was a free agent. So St. Louis, while McGuire obviously re-signed with St. Louis uh, and, and went on to some pretty big things, um, Oakland wasn't re-signing Mark McGuire. Oakland was already into small small market, um, uh, we can't keep our stars uh, mode. So it was a true rental. That doesn't make it a good trade, but it does put a little bit of context. More perspective. The other, yeah. Um, and now, it was it – was, yeah. So the, from an Oakland perspective, that's an important point. The funny little fact that I uh, saw was Oakland was apparently demanding uh, Manny Ibar. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Manny uh, Ibar. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and St. Louis was absolutely refusing to include Manny Ibar in hilarious. the trade. <laughs> uh, it's like no deal. And so they, they like I read a retrospective. I don't remember this, obviously, uh, but I read a retrospective. So this was like July 27th. The holdup and the deal had fallen apart uh, because uh there was no way Manny Ivar could possibly uh, be included. And Oakland said, then you're not getting Mark McGuire. So St. Louis had moved on and they were going after either uh, Travis Fryman or Joe Carter uh, instead of um, Mark McGuire. Which, and, sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, I, I thought I thought the uh, the A's were going to trade for one of those guys. I was going to say, well, those are better deals than uh, these three relief pitchers. But obviously, it's the other way around. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then uh, eventually they, uh, Oakland accepted Eric Ludwig instead of Manny, which Ivar. is crazy. Uh, the rest is history, but yeah, a lot of there's, there's going to be a common theme with a bunch of these trades, which is the way teams, uh, value relief pitchers, whether you're getting the experienced relief pitcher or you're giving away kid relief pitchers. It's like, what a weird, it's like for all the brilliance of Billy Bean and the great reputation of Billy Bean, Billy Bean has done some really stupid things. Uh, 
here. <laughs> we like the Josh Donaldson for Brett Laurie uh, trade didn't make the uh, your list, but that could easily be on the list as that well. Was wait, just off the list. That's, yeah. We yeah. actually have it at the bottom of the sheet as honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we, we did, yeah. I put together twelve, and uh, we can tell we actually that would have been a better way to start it. The two that didn't make the cut because I let I picked like the strong eight that I felt we needed to go. And I said, Bugs, you pick the others. Cause I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm skewing myself. One of those was the Josh Donaldson one, which if you go back and look, it's like, whew. Donaldson was so weird too, because he was a catching prospect with the Phillies who then moved to the A's. And I believe he, he did the catcher thing for a little bit and then made the transition. But the, uh, the blue Jays acquired Josh Donaldson for that. The, these four players, Brett Lowry, Franklin Barreto, Kendall Graveman, and Sean Nolan. Like that trade, even though there's still legs for the A's with Franklin Barreto, it is wild how much they didn't get out of that trade for Josh Donaldson. To, to be honest, the Barreto part is the only reason. That's the reason I didn't put it in here because it's still like I don't think Barreto is going to pay off and Donaldson's going to be way better and all that stuff, but uh, that could still pay off. The uh, so. do, you th- do you think Barreto makes uh, Oakland's opening day roster this year yeah. if there was a season? Because he was out of options, so they yeah, need, yeah. they they needed to make a call. Uh, I certainly don't think like it sure sounded like Tony Kemp was the starting second baseman. Anyways, who knows? Now, now with the with well, if they go to like twenty man, uh, twenty nine man rosters, yeah. it yeah. looked like Kemp and and uh, Jorge Mateo would kind of be a split. But to that point, Barreto was having, if I remember, well, maybe wasn't having a good spring. But he's out of the option, so they were going to either have to straight out get rid of him, or now they have the extra option to keep him on the roster because they could drop Sheldon Noisy down um, because he still had options. So I think that's what they would do. That was that one was odd. The other one that didn't make it, by the way, which I still think is actually a really big one, was people forget that. Ramis Ramirez was originally a Pittsburgh Pirate, and this was in the early 2000s. The Cubs acquired Ramis Ramirez and Kenny Lofton, who was a veteran at that time, and the Cubs or the Pirates acquired Bobby Hill and Jose Hernandez. And obviously, Ramis Ramirez <laughs> went on to do huge things with the Cubs for many years, but those two did not make the list. Well, Bobby Hill starred in an animated TV show for like 15 years. Damn it, so Bobby. Damn it, good. Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. By the way, uh, in an article I was reading on this uh, Mark McGuire trade, what I'm always fascinated with, because as you were kind of talking about, Rob, how much the relief pitching market always gets overvalued. And to this day, it's still always that. It's still always overvalued. But how much teams cannot press for even rentals? You know, I mean, Goldschmidt was kind of a, a marker for that. And we've seen it with Mookie Betts. Those, those were full season ones where Mark McGuire, because this goes through how like they were under 500 on like, I think July 25th. And then as of July 29th, they became a 50, 50 team. And just uh, a day or two before that, Mark McGuire said publicly to reporters that he would consider going to the Cardinals, that the uh, A's had initially inquired about Matt Morris or Alan Bennis from the Cardinals. That was who they wanted. And the Cardinals said no. Then they went for the top pitching prospect. Like you got, you said Manny Abar. No, it's just amazing how much Reynolds still don't bring in. Like it's still unfathomable to me. Uh, Mark, Mark Teixeira was the last really big, like pillaging for a rental. Uh, and I think people got, scared for that and they've come to realize the value of prospects yeah i think that's a good point boggs you want to do this other one from 1997 you can do the next one uh yeah that was pedro to the red sox uh the red sox got pedro the expos got carl pavano tony aramis jr and then a side note 
Um, uh, he, which one was traded here? Well, uh, uh, I was Delano well, DeShield. Yeah, we we're going to save that for after. But the side note to My this bad. trade was that uh, Pedro Martinez, before all of this, I just thought this was interesting. He was originally a Dodger, and there's going to be a trend here you hear with some of the players that Los Angeles Dodgers have moved that. Um, the Dodgers traded Pedro Martinez initially to the Expos for Delino DeShields, and then the actual trade here from 1997 was uh, the Red Sox acquiring Pedro Martinez, and the Expos got Carl Pavano and Tony Aramis Jr. in what I think a lot of people feel is one of the most— not that the trade felt so weird, because people forget how well— perceived Carl Pavano was for many years, but more that like the impact of moving Pedro Martinez and what he did, this one reverberates over baseball for many, many years, Rob. And uh, I, I obviously, I was an Expos fan growing up. Uh, 1994, I was 18 years old. So that was my last year living in Montreal. Uh, they broke my heart. I was at almost every home game uh, that year. Uh, it was Dan Duquette who traded. He was the Expos general manager who traded for uh, Pedro to the Expos. And then he was Boston's general manager who got Pedro uh, from, from the Expos. <laughs> so he traded. Both trades, Dan Duquette was on the good side of the trade. What I'd say about the first, the Delino uh, trade going into 94, um, it two things. One, Delino DeShields was a really good athletic second baseman. So it, it was, uh, it's not like the Dodgers got nothing for Pedro. Yeah. And two, there were a lot of serious talent evaluators who didn't think Pedro was ever going to be a starting pitcher, that he uh, was too small, he was too slight, wasn't going to have the stamina and he was wild as heck that they, that he just, he was going to be a hard throwing reliever and that was all he was ever going to be. Now that obviously proved very quickly because by 94, he was already great. So, uh, but he was working out of the bullpen for the Dodgers in 93 and Felipe Alou, the Expos manager looked at him and said, you're one of my five best starting pitchers quite clearly right now. And they groomed him into being uh, Pedro uh, who he became. Um, the funny thing about the 97 trade that I discovered is Boston almost traded Pavano for Rob Nen from Miami. Yes. And that was going to be their big starting pitcher acquisition. And if they trade Pavano, I don't think they have the horse in their farm system when Pedro gets put onto the market. So Pedro was going to be a free agent in at the end of 97. So the Expos, again, like Pedro with Boston signed what was then a ludicrous free agent contract, uh, bigger than what Maddox had signed for. Like he got paid as he should have. He was the best pitcher in baseball. Um, but the Expos couldn't afford that. So they traded him a year before free agency. Um, but if Pavano goes to Miami, there's no way that Pedro gets traded to Boston. He goes somewhere else. And who knows if Boston ever wins that World Series? Like, who who knows how history is different? So well, it and, was a very... And I was just saying, and Pedro, with the Boston Red Sox, he played seven, season, seven seasons, won a World Series. He posted a 2.52 ERA as a Red Sox and had a 117 to 37 win loss record while he was with them. And interesting, in this article they also say, meanwhile, Carl Pavano had a 24 and 35 record and a 4.83 ERA in five seasons with the Expos, which were injury plagued. So uh, there's no, no, there's no doubt. I to this day uh, think that. Um, 
Pedro's 99 and 2000 were two of the best uh, starting pitching seasons in the history of baseball. Uh, MLB doc, MLB stats was doing a, like a, a bracket. Cause that's what everybody's doing apparently since there's nothing else going <laughs> on. I, and it was, it was, it was Pedro 2000 against uh, Bob Gibson, uh, 1968. And when you look at the stats head to head, they're really close. In fact, like that was the year Bob Gibson had a one, one, two ERA. But if you know anything, everybody about was on steroids in, uh, for in, Pedro in, in 1999, the average starting pitcher ERA was four, eight, two in 2000. <laughs> it was four, eight, seven. Uh, like, so Pedro with a one, seven, four ERA compared to compared to league average is just insane by comparison. And Carl Pavano is one of the best, you know, quote unquote, bad pieces in one of these deals. I mean, he wound up playing, you know, 14 seasons, had uh, 1,788 innings. So didn't you he know, date not Melissa lit- Milano also? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm uh, right. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing that. her in empty ass uh, pro player stadium in a tube top eating nachos, watching somebody pitch. So Alyssa that was Milano probably Aly- Alyssa Milano dating base. I'm typing this in dating base. I mean, uh, you're going to get a uh, long list. It's going to be more players that yep. are on our sheet here. Ooh. Uh, okay, so she's been uh, – this is hilarious. Baseball reference. This is the line they give her. Baseball quick, guys. reference. Check this out. <laughs> An American television actress, Alyssa Milano, apparently is attracted to baseball players. <laughs> That's like the line huh, that they have. Huh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are four baseball players that have been rumored. Uh, I think three were confirmed. One is rumored. Um there are three pitchers and one catcher. Carl Pavano, I'm 100 percent right. I could no, I'm not going to make. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a film on the <laughs> hub. There's a category for that on the hub. Um, one is Carl Pavano. I was dead right on that. Couldn't be more right. Look at me, so smart. There are two other pitchers and the catcher. Can you guys possibly name them? I'm going to give you the teams. One of the pitchers played for the Oakland A's. Was very popular with the A's. The other pitcher was very popular with the Marlins, and the catcher was very popular with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Was Paula Duca one of them? No. I knew you were going to say Paula Duca. That is not one of them. Uh, Mike Piazza. No. That's a Met. Rich Harden. Uh, no, but you're getting closer with the uh, the A's pitcher. Oh. Dan, Dan Heron. No, that would be fantastic. Who's a pitcher that Mulder. Who's a pitcher that thanks God for all his talent? Uh, all of them. Barry Zito. Barry Zito. That is one. Barry Zito dated Melissa Milano. By the way, this is this is I I don't I'm not enjoying Alyssa this Milano. Game. You're not enjoying way. this. Melissa Milano is <laughs> uh, this game. This is this is this is this is, a, this is a, guess guess who Alyssa Milano is. Dated. This is the best game. Uh, the other two, I'll just give you since you guys will never guess him. I, I'm amazed that this guy pulled Alyssa Milano. Brad Penny uh, pulled Alyssa oh, Milano. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Russell Martin was the catcher. So oh, Russell Martin, a good Canadian from Montreal. See, there you go. So, so everything turns up. You're more good invested. For Russ, good for Russell Martin. Stick around. More in this league coming up right after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. I know how you're feeling right now. Stop it, stop it, don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh. In this league. <laughs> you are We're back, friendos. More in this league right here on Sports Creative Bogman Welsh. And we are continuing our conversation. Rob Silver, we're talking about some of the worst trades. Let's finish this bad boy up. Talk to you guys on the backside here. Can I really quickly, Bogman's going to immediately know what I'm talking about. Can I tell the quick Doug Davis story? Do you remember this, Bogman? Uh, okay. I'm not sure. Right, it's very inappropriate. It's very quick, and then we'll have to burn through these because we can't keep uh, more, more, more or less uh, inappropriate than Alyssa Milano's dating history in Major League well, Baseball. Well, it, it's more inappropriate, but probably better suited here. So Bogman uh, and I more, used... more, more, more or less inappropriate than going for the buffet at the strip club uh <laughs> along those lines so we were okay, we sorry. used bogman and i it's used cheap, to play rob no judgment we used to play quote competitive softball and we used to play softball a whole bunch and if i remember this correctly i believe we were out we we're out on the diamond and um we were we were playing and we get i get a note and i, I want to say it was bogman but someone goes yo Doug Davis is currently throwing a no hitter and it was like four oh, innings yes, in I... and I go, I go, Doug Davis is not going to throw a no hitter. And they're like, well, dude, he's like four or five innings in. And I go, I will s- your d- if Doug Davis throws a no hitter. Doug Davis went eight innings of no hit ball in that Welsh game. I was like, oh no. And then he gave up a hit in like the, the, the bottom end of the eighth inning. And I was like, whew. I mean, I'm not a man of my word, but I just didn't want to have that living on my conscience. Uh, but So was, was the guy who you made the bet with going to collect on the bet? <laughs> Probably. Yes, I was. Oh, was that Bogman? <laughs> oh, no. No, what you said was, Jesus, if he, if he throws a no hitter, I'll Bogman. That was, those were your exact words. And I, I was like, all right, somebody get a hit. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, please. Now I start right. rooting for the other team. So I so. told you it was an inappropriate story, but that's where it goes. You know, not, uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with no. that. No, 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 no totally fine. I mean, it's not. just a couple what guys. You, what two men, what two men want to do on the softball uh, field. It's up to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just a guy losing a bet, blowing his, uh, his buddy <laughs> because Doug be Davis got field if Doug Davis throws his no hitter. All right, uh, because we don't want to keep uh, we don't want to keep Rob here for a million. Yeah, years. no, I have a, I have a lot of places to go. Right know, now. You got important <laughs> stuff going on here. <laughs> I know what's happening. Uh, well, I mean, you got to get to your campaign against Ariel. That's the really yeah. important thing. Um, 2012 
the Noah Syndergaard trade. Um, I kind of would like to give that to you, Rob. Would you like to announce what that trade was and give your thought? I feel like this one is a closer to home one for you, where the Blue Jays traded Noah Syndergaard to the Mets. Do you have it up, or do you need me to rattle uh, off? You, you, you read, you read the details. I, it was, anyways, it's right. painful. Yeah, it is. So the Blue Jays gave up on Noah Syndergaard. They acquired the knuckle, knuckleballer R. A. Dickey, and they got Josh Toll. I think it was how you pronounced it. Tolly. Tolly. Uh, that was who they acquired. The Blue Jays didn't just stop at trading Noah Syndergaard when they did this trade, by the way. They traded three other players. Uh, I'm going to see if I can remember this guy's name correctly. Wolomar Becerra was involved in it. I believe he was a shortstop. John Buck and a guy that is still in the major leagues as well, Travis Darno, the catcher who's now first base catcher prospect, and Noah Syndergaard. So really the core of this was uh, Travis Darno and Noah Syndergaard went to the Mets for R.A. Dickey. And that one comes up a lot when you talk about bad trades, Rob. Yeah. Now, Dickey was coming off an NL Cy Young. So yeah. it's it's like he wasn't just a journeyman knuckleballer. He was the best pitcher in the National League. And the Jays hadn't been in the playoffs since 1993. So they desperately wanted to go for it. And uh, it didn't quite work out. Dickey was mediocre at best for the Jays. The only interesting fact I'll throw out there was the Mets and the Jays were torn between trading uh, Syndergaard as the centerpiece of this deal or Aaron Sanchez. Mm. And if the Jays had pushed, no, we want Aaron Sanchez to be the prospect, all accounts are the Mets would have said, fine, we'll take Aaron Sanchez. And the Jays were like 50-50. Either of these guys could be superstars, so we'll trade uh, Syndergaard and decided to keep Aaron Sanchez over him. So it's interesting how that may have turned out differently. <sighs> I got one. an R.A. Dickey story to tell you guys uh, when we're done here. So okay. oh, did, you, did you offer to blow? No, no, I did not. Okay, he's a good Christian man. He yeah, no one got blown. <laughs> no one got blown. All right, uh, oh, there's a couple prospect ones real quick. Um, in 2016, everyone kind of well known knows this about now, but the Chicago White Sox traded away this young prospect named Fernando Tatis Jr. and pitcher Eric Johnson to the Padres. The White Sox traded to the Padres for James Shields, and James Shields ended up being he's still been roaming around in a golf cart around the backfields out here. I haven't seen him this year, but saw him in the last couple of years, never amounted to really anything. It was the last ditch effort, I guess, to the White Sox credit. You know, this was Tatis was 16 years old at the time, very unproven, hadn't really been seen a whole bunch, but it's one that's maybe a little too early. Like when you look at one of these, these Rob, where you see like this young guy, he's still 21, you know, he's barely in the mid. He had one half of a really good season for James Shields. Do you give a team the benefit of the doubt or do you acknowledge like, yeah, this is like bad scouting department stuff that was in the last five years, bad scouting by the White Sox to move on from Tatis for Shields. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I can only imagine how awesome 60, even 16-year-old Tatis must have looked. Yeah. And uh, Shields didn't just get bad when he went to uh, went to Chicago. Like his last – in 2015, his last full year with uh, with San Diego, he had a 4-4-5 FIP uh, in the first half of 2016. He had a 4-4-4. So there were already a lot of warts that were appear, appeal, uh, appearing on him. Uh, so, yeah, it was – I don't know. 
you don't get a pass for trading uh, Tatis for James Shields. Good. I'm glad that you said that. Bogman, I'm going to let you do the last one, but I want to do this one real quick because yeah, it's a yeah, really yeah. interesting story. This is along the I same line. I love the story. Yeah, yeah. I this love is the so, story. I know. This. <laughs> this is like the, the grand poopah of all of this because of this story. I love And this is another dig on the Astros. So we obviously know Tatis was traded. Everyone talks about that one from the White Sox to the Padres. People still do forget. Plenty of people listening to this probably don't. They know this story. But Jordan Alvarez, the uh, young superstar with the Houston Astros, used to be a Los Angeles Dodger. So, yes, if you are counting here in the last 25 years, the Dodgers have traded Pedro Martinez away. They've traded Paul Canerco, and they've traded Jordan Alvarez away with their scouting department. Now, at the time, the Astros had a pitching prospect who was very well touted or thought after in Josh Fields. And Josh Fields, uh, actually, I saw him last year with the Dodgers out here in the AZL as he was working to kind of make a comeback. So there was um, there was some battling between who the, who the Astros were going to trade Fields for because they were coveting him. And there was a lot of battle between this prospect and that prospect. Well, the Dodgers and the Astros get on the phone and the uh, the Astros start talking to the Dodgers about Alvarez. And they say, blah, 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 blah. We want Alvarez. And the Dodgers go, absolutely not. We're not giving up Alvarez. Well, what we find out is the Alvarez that they were talking about was Yadier Alvarez. And Yadier Alvarez last month was traded. Or no, I'm sorry, wasn't traded. Was released by the Los Angeles Dodgers. He at one time, Eric Longenhagen on my Prospect One show, even said that he was of ace ability. And they thought they were talking about Yadier Alvarez the whole time when it was found out that it was uh, Jordan Alvarez, Y Alvarez. The Dodgers pulled the trigger because they were so intent on it being Yadier. They hadn't even, he hadn't even, I think, worked out with the Los Angeles Dodgers yet. And uh, the Dodgers Cuban pitcher who made $16 million out of baseball. And the Houston Astros just pulled along and got Jordan Alvarez. And uh, there's even been quotes recently where it, this is actually from Friedman right here. He said, quote, we obviously wish we would have said yes to the other names they asked for before him. <laughs> it's pretty special watching what he's doing now in the batter's box. So Yadier Alvarez almost ended what could have been this Josh Fields trade. But as soon as they found out it was Jordan, it was all good. That is a wild, wild why Alvarez. They were literally couldn't. They couldn't figure out who they were talking about in trade talks, Rob. I can't believe it's not a little more formal in trade talks. Like, just say the whole guy's name. Come on. Especially yeah. if an organization has two Y Alvarez's. Let's go. I, 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 I have nothing to add on that one. It's a great story. I just think it's a great story where Yadier Alvarez, I mean, imagine had that happened. You know, the Dodgers could still have him. They would have got out from this ridiculous contract this international this is back when the pool was open for guys to just drop tons of money it wasn't capped so Yadier Alvarez made a decent amount of money and he never panned out and uh, I actually found out I was I was on the Dodgers field this was less than a month ago I'm on the backfields standing next to Dave Roberts who's in a golf cart with the uh, prospect Jaron Kendall they're talking watching uh, the lower level guys um, go about and I'm standing next to a couple of people, and I'm like, man, I really I wish I could find Yachty or Alvarez out here. I want to see him throw. And this kid looks over, and he goes, oh, they just released him today. He got released today by the <laughs> Dodgers. They gave up, and I'm like, no kidding. Damn, I wanted to see him out of baseball. Jordan Alvarez, superstar. All right, last one <laughs> on the top ten. Bogman made this pick. It, it, it feels so recent that I was questioning if it belonged on here, but 
think it probably does bog. What's the last one? And, and I know I said I didn't put the the one with Barreto on here because he still has a chance to make up a little bit of ground. But Christian Yelich has won an MVP and he got moved for, uh, to the Brewers and the Marlins get back. Lewis Brinson, Monty Harrison, Hassan Diaz and Jordan Yamamoto. And, and look, there's still time for these guys to grow into uh, potential superstars. And maybe it won't be with Miami. You know, we've seen plenty of guys get flipped and then, uh, you know, something, the light turns on and all, you know, Justin Turner, we talk about him doing that all the time, going from, uh, you know, Oakland to, uh, the, the Dodgers, but I, no one's going to turn into Christian Yelich. I, I think we'll, we'll all agree on that. And this was a pure salary dump because they weren't going to extend Yelich, uh, the Marlins and, uh, you know, much to the Brewers, uh, victory here, the diamondbacks were involved in this as well. They, they almost, they tried to trade for Yelich, but they didn't have, uh, apparently the combination of players like this to, to be able to get him. So this one is just too obvious to me. This one might end up being the most lopsided of all the ones that we just said. You agree with that? So, uh, I don't know about the most lopsided, but pretty close. The one thing, and I mentioned this on, on launch angle this past week, um, there were, there was talk that if, if there had been a season that, uh, that Monty Harrison was going to make, uh, the Marlins opening day roster. Uh, I was looking at the various projections for Monty Harrison, uh, the bat Derek Cardi's projection, uh, model has him projected for a 38% strikeout rate, 38%. <laughs> Uh, now that's the hi- that's higher than all the other projection models, but not by that much. If he actually hit that 38% uh, strikeout rate, which again is Derek's uh, 50th percentile projection, meaning that like his 90, his worst ca- worst case scenario is worse than that. Um, Chris Davis with a C, worst ever strikeout performance was this past season at 39.5%. And Derek has Monty Harrison projected for a 38%. Now, that Chris Davis season, of course, is the worst season in baseball history. Strikeout rate. That's where Derek has Monty uh, projected. And Steamer, Zips, all of them are pretty close. I'm so defense- I don't know about you. I'm defensive of Monty because I, uh, I was around him a bunch. And if people remember, I interviewed him. And so I the- remember it was a great interview. Yeah, well, because something we talked about, and you can see, they're not wrong, but he knows his strikeout issue and he talked about it in in that interview and he specifically had changed his game. He was hitting over 300 in the AZL and you see some of the changes. I know the strikeout rates are big. In 2019, he struck out in AAA 29.9% of the time, but he had cut that from 18 from th- almost 37%. He cut it 7%, 36.9 to 29.9. So he cut that down. He at, he uh he boosted his walk percentage up 3% and he put about 34 points back on his average. Like he wanted to become more of a contact hitter and he was becoming more patient. So uh, I still think he was a dude, um, but I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased because of the changes. But I mean, even with all those changes, he still struck out about the 30% of the time in AAA where he should be banging the ball up. But, but you were making the point more of like how lopsided this continues to look. If Monty Harrison <laughs> was being crap, Asan Diaz is questionable. And he's probably the best one out of this. Well, Lewis Branson oh, yeah. was the biggest highly touted one, but we've all stopped falling into that trap now. Yeah. Uh, if I can just, if I could just say, I, I, I'm pretty sure Chris Davis also knows that striking up 39% of the time <laughs> is bad. <laughs> and he, I, my guess Are is you sure? Chris, 
my guess is Chris Davis would like to stop doing that. Well, Monty Harrison, head. but Monty Harrison made strides to change just, that. He I'm actually just, changed I'm, that. I'm just being, I'm just being a jackass. <laughs> like I'm going to be to Ariel Cohen for the next. Uh, <laughs> oh, back to Ariel. I love yeah. it. So Rob is fantastic. And if you missed any of the interview, I highly implore anybody to go and check out the, the rest of it over on the ITL uh, baseball pod. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Rob digging in uh, about the the bracket <laughs> tournament. I don't know. It'll be fun, interesting to see. Oh, that, actually, that stuff was very interesting. I didn't know. So. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do any of the pre work to realize that his show uh, was still going on in the tournament that they were facing up against Ariel. It'll be funny. Ariel's reaction. I had to go back and listen to, and I was like, I'm like, did it sound mean? But I mean, because Rob, Rob's kind of, he's kind of mean. He's kind of mean. So yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob is. Uh, I, I I wouldn't call him mean. I would I would call him coarse mm. abrasive it's a nice that, way that, to say mean that, yeah, i'm just kidding I'm i just mean kidding. I, I think it's a better describer than mean yeah it's know? not mean. It's, it's all it's all i think fun. mean is with intent i think rob is coarse or abrasive uh but it's the intent is to be funny it's all yeah. fun and games until you lose by one vote after 1300 people have <laughs> voted and you lose. I can't believe the one it. Seed. It was it was such a it was such a roller coaster because yeah. you know I woke up. We black book was up. You were down a little bit. It kind of seemed like that was gonna uh, be the end of it. And then you came all the way back uh, on uh, Rotowire, and then we started our lead started slipping a lot um, uh, to Fantrax Dynasty, and then um, you know. It came all the way back at the very end. Like, I thought, it, like, an hour left to go. I'm like, there's too many votes. You're up by a whole percent. It's nope. over. Nope. And it wasn't. It sure so, wasn't. Uh, it was like a half-court buzzer beater. So, yep. you know, sorry, it's awesome. everyone. It's awesome when that uh, happens. It's awesome when that happens to you, the half-court yeah, buzzer Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry for everyone who misses March Madness. That's the closest you're going to get. That so. is true. Well, uh, if you guys are looking for any other entertainment or uh, just a breakaway, come and check us out over on patreon.com slash army. Uh, lots of the live streams, the secret shows, all that really cool, fun stuff. Plus, Sports Grid, we've been dropping daily content here. Uh, Bubba and Bogman yesterday, we got today. We got some more coming up this week. So make sure you're locked into this podcast stream. And then, of course, for the radio edition. So, friendos, that is it. We want to thank Rob Silver and thank you for tuning in to this fun interview. We will be back with you again tomorrow. More in this league on the daily right here on Sports Grid. Bogman Wells, we're out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.